Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. It's time to step inside the Octagon with your host, Ike Feldman. What's up, fight fans? What is up, fight community? Combat sports community? What is up, everybody who enjoys watching another human being get public? And I'm not talking about over, under, Greco, roaming, warming up. I'm talking about somebody's face literally being bounced off the canvas as one Conor McGregor would say. And we do have a lot of Conor McGregor coming into each of our lives starting next week, I believe it is, with the Ultimate Fighter, the Michael Chandler, Conor McGregor, Ultimate Fighter. I believe it is number 32. 32. And... I'm going to talk about Tough 32. I believe it's 32. I'm going to talk about Lomachenko versus Haney. I'm going to talk about Terrence Crawford, Errol Spence happening. Oh, yes. And I'm going to talk about these topics with my main man. Francisco Guzman of Boxio Mundial slash MMA Mundial. Francisco, he's a humble guy. He's a modest guy. I really do appreciate his style. I really do appreciate the way he carries himself. Francisco, like me, come from a military background. Our fathers, uh, other members in our family. Um, no, we are not ready to go to war for our country, but we are ready to go in a hand-to-hand combat dispute for our sport. We love boxing. We love mixed martial arts. We love combat sports. And I've known Francisco, associated with him, uh, rubbed elbows with him. That is a term that means uh i guess hung out even though it could sound like a fighting term or a different f-word term but francisco is the man i think it was ufc 208 in brooklyn barclays center where we kind of said hi in passing it was during the ufc 208 media scrum Jermaine Duran to me, Holly Holm. We remember that fight event, though many of you have probably forgotten it or would like to forget about UFC 208. I believe there was only one finish on that card. I believe it was Jacare Shoza beating Tim Boach via Kimura. Very boring card. I managed somehow through the back networks to get my two brothers tickets to the event. Holy moly, they've never been to a UFC event. They're going to go to, I think, the second UFC event ever 
in New York City history. UFC 28 Barclays Center. Let's go. The new Barclays Center. We got UFC Anderson Silva. We got Dustin Poirier. We got Holly Holm. It was one of the most boring events in history. And I've apologized to my brothers ever since then. And they're like, no, 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 it's okay, it's okay, no, no, it was fun, we had fun. I go, guys, stop it, that's one of the worst events ever. No, 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 we had fun, we had fun. I'm going to bring him in now, Francisco Guzman of Boxio Mundial and MMA Mundial. Francisco. What's up, brother? I'm doing great, (laughs) always better when we're chatting. Uh, I put up a... uh, a plywood wall in front of me. I'm trying to like enclose, make something of a studio. So I'm just, this is the first time I've recorded since I put it up this weekend. Yeah. Framing stud work. That's, that's how we do it around here. Uh, we're all in one company when it comes to the octagon, but, uh, my apologies if you hear echo, uh, what do you remember I about sh- UFC 208? What are, uh, um, UFC 208? Um, what do I remember? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm, Trying to remember which fight we're we're talking about. Exactly. Uh, oh, oh, yes, 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 <laughs> yes. The randomy and Holmes. Yes, <laughs> how could I forget? It was a boring fight card. Um, it was also controversial, right? Geronimi uh, had hit her. Uh, you know, like when the bell rang a few times. Um, yep. She was a little bit dirty in that fight, and some people felt that Holmes had won that fight. You know. Wow. Yeah, excellent memory. Even though everybody's forgotten about it, you remember, my man. Uh, I think uh, there's only been two press conferences in the last six, seven years that Dana White, during a pay-per-view event, has not attended. One was UFC 270 when one Francis Ngannou beat Cyril Ghosn. We understand why Dana wasn't yeah. in person Yeah, there. he didn't show up there. Didn't hand the belt around him. And then two was UFC 208. So, uh, you know, we were part of history in a way. <laughs> Right. Oh my gosh! I remember some of yeah. my media member friends were hammered. It was so boring that they got hammered during the event, <laughs> and then when Anderson Silva comes, they start cheering him on. <laughs> like, and you know those things are like dead quiet. Everybody's got like deadline work, and they're clapping for Anderson. I was like, you guys are a mess. <laughs> yeah, that was a terrible fight for Anderson. Also, <laughs> yeah. some people thought he lost that fight, right? <laughs> oh, my so. Gosh. Uh, yeah. Speaking Brunson of Brunson put up a better performance than than we thought, you know, so. Yeah. Speaking of people thinking people lost or won a fight or questionable decisions, what are your thoughts about I was just about to make up some fight name like I was going to say what's your f- thoughts about Ramirez versus No, I'm just kidding. We all we're here for Lomachenko versus freaking Haney, man. In my opinion, now I have to be forthcoming, forthright Always truthful. I'm not a boxing expert. That's why we are bringing in Francisco Guzman of Boxio Mundial and MMA Mundial to break down everything boxing. This dude has trained. He speaks. He walks the walk. He talks the talk. I mean, better combination. Hello, ESPN. You got a guy in uh, New York. Get this man a job already. Let's go. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> uh, I'm sure he's happy, loving everything he's doing for Box- Boxio Mundial. Boxio MMA Mundial, Mundial, yes. Oops. Yes. So, Thank you. I was watching this phone, uh, fight on my phone, which is never a great vantage point. My son's running around. Uh, uh, there's rounds where uh, I'm missing. Uh, uh, the early rounds I was missing, uh, I tuned in. I probably missed like three out of the, the 12 rounds. 
the rounds that I saw, Loma looked dominant. He looked like he was landing flush. He looked like he was catching Haney in that half step. Like as the smaller guy, it looked like his like kind of a, a McGregor versus Diaz, where you got the bigger guy, the longer guy, but McGregor's catching him in between the step. The timing was there. In my opinion, I thought Lomachenko won, but apparently experts are saying this is not the first time that close decisions happen, and people should stop throwing around the word robbery. What are your thoughts about the fight? Definitely not a robbery. <laughs> It was a it was a super super tight fight. Um, rounds were super tight. Um, you know, Devin Haney started off strong. A lot of body work early. Um, it just it just uh, 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 you kind of felt that Devin Haney was going to take over that take over that fight with those body shots. But um, you saw Loma just start to pick up the pace slowly, start taking away rounds slowly. By the middle of the fight, he was probably losing about two rounds, but he 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 kept turning up little by little. And what I saw was the most definitive round in that fight by any fighter was, I would say, Lomachenko in the 11th round. Um, that 11th round, if you look at the punch stats, the punch stat says 20 to 2. I watched the round again. I don't think... I don't think Haney landed two punches. <laughs> I mean, maybe the there was a lot of punches that missed Loma, but Loma definitely that eleventh round, he took over. Like it looked like he, if he kept going that way, he might have either scored a knockdown or, or, or got a stoppage. But in, I think because he fought hard in the tenth and eleventh round, um, because the tenth was also a definitive round for Loma, but that that eleventh round was the biggest round, was the most uh, one sided round that you could score on that fight. You know, you had rounds that were close between Loma and, and, and Haney, but that 11th round was 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 all Loma, all Loma. It, it, it seemed like he was on speed. I mean, this dude was all over the place. Uh, but in the 12th round, even though I gave the round to Haney, it seemed like like Loma gassed, you know. You know, he's getting old, you know. I mean, he's 30, what, 35, 36 or whatever. He's, he's, he, he, I, I guess he got, he said, I think someone told me that he said that he that he took the round off. But to me, it just didn't seem like he had from those two rounds that he put all that effort in. I mean, fighting a bigger guy, much taller, much bigger guy. Um, he's been fighting bigger guys for a long time. Um, and he just uh, uh, I thought he gassed. I thought Haney got the edge a little bit towards the end of the round. It wasn't it wasn't a huge Haney win. Um for that, for those reasons, I thought Loma edged them, you know, because it's that close of a fight. I mean, even the punch stats is 110 to 124. So 110 Haney, 124 Loma. It's only a 14 point, 14 punch difference, right? So um, it's not that huge of a difference. But if, if you had a race, right, if you had a race, right, the guy that got his foot over the line first usually is the winner, even if it's that close by a second or two or whatever. He he got fourteen more punches off. If you want to say you want to give that edge to uh, to Loma, but it was that close of a fight. It wasn't a robbery. Um, I was sad to see the champ. I, I was sad to see Loma lose like that because he gave it all he had, and he was supposed to be old. He that fight. You know how many people picked against him that said Shakur, who, who walked in the ring and, and actually spoke to him. <laughs> Said it said himself. If you go online, he said that that Haney was gonna wash Loma. And what did he say after the fight? Wow, yeah. He said he said Loma should be undisputed champion. So that says a lot. 
<laughs> yeah, and Loma changed a lot of people's minds. It, so yeah, it does say a lot that Shakur Stevenson said that he said that Loma was putting the pressure, and um, I, he said that he won that fight. Now I don't know if he was enjoying himself or like in there. Maybe he wasn't completely uh, sober, like many of the people ringside. Oh, and excuse me, I, I, my apologies if Shakur has never even touched alcohol. But um, the the point is that. Sometimes sideline eyes or ringside eyes could be different than uh, what people see on the camera uh, on their phones. When people do the CompuBox numbers or the fight stats, are, are they ringside or are they watching from a monitor? Well, I, I had a, a buddy of mine who did the punch stats for HBO, oh, wow. and they would sit they would sit in a in a monitor room and they would do the punch stats from there, you know. So they would watch the fight, and as they watch in the fight, they would press a button. That's how the punch stats are done. So the punch stats are not are not super accurate. No, I agree. Like how, you're telling no. me they can see the difference <laughs> if it's gonna hit the forearm or it's gonna hit the eyebrow. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. On, it's man. and and especially angles, right? You got the fighters back to you and he's getting hit, and if the camera is not point. on there, like Good you point. would have a you yeah. would have to have a 360 <laughs> view of of everything that's going on, and it's it's. I, it's there's room for error. I agree. When it's, when it's, I freaking agree, man. Error. I test. I test. I think it was. Duh. And Max Kellerman's like, but those Haney body shots, man, those were very hard to be. No freaking doubt. But I, now, again, this is the MMA fan first coming into the boxing world. Do they judge damage uh, first and foremost, or is volume more important? Like, because if we're judging damage. Uh, Lomachenko's 10th or 11th rounds were uh, were more damaging than any body shots that Haney threw for the first six. Uh, yeah, you know that. Like I said, that was the only round that I could see one guy won definitively. A lot of rounds, Haney edged them, edged them, and maybe output, maybe those body shots. You know, a lot of good body work. You know what I'm saying? But as far as like a definitive round where Haney just washed home Loma. And we thought that Loma was going to get beat because even in the corner, um, Haney at one at one point came back and said he keeps hitting me with those left hands. You know, he, he's doubling the left or some something to that to that approach. So he seemed bothered by that. He was bothered by by Loma because Loma was leading with the left, and then he would throw one or two or even three straight lefts. You know what I'm saying? Um, but you know, like I said, it was a it was a super close fight. Haney did some good work. I'm not taking nothing away from Haney for a hell of a fight. He just he just almost lost it at the very end. He seemed a little befuddled and lost. And you could see when when he talked up after the fight that he wasn't so, you know, he wasn't talking so confident like he was before the fight. He was saying True. this was his hardest test. This was the hardest opponent. He's the toughest opponent he's ever faced. And he knows it. He knows it. Everybody knows it. You understand? Um, I actually had a little bit of a back and forth with a with a buddy of mine who also was at the at, at the fight when we saw each other um uh at the prudential right um and he was i felt like he was trying to troll me on this issue <laughs> and i was like and he was like oh you know this is not a robbery and i said I, I agree but then whenever i said something about loma he's like he kept saying he kept trying to bring up stuff you know to to because he he actually said laney won right so this this kind of fight can 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 bring up that kind of argument. It's it depends on what you like and what you see, and it's very subjective to think who won. 
And, you know, and this fight is so close, so close that that's what's going on here. You know, that's what see what you're seeing on the Internet. It's growing by the day. You know, I mean, it was that close of a fight. I I, I think the close the, a fight like that that I can compare it to was Ray Leonard versus Hagler. You know, marvelous Marvin Hagler it was that close of a fight that people said I I, I had said um, Hagler won because I was a huge Hagler fan growing up. And I was like, no way Hagler lost. You know what I'm saying? I couldn't accept that. And so many people agreed. <laughs> but after watching it, stop being biased. I watched the fight again. And I have to say, Ray Leonard did what kind of Loma did, but Loma didn't get the win. He stole the show. He took the narrative. Of, 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 he took the storyline away from the from the champion. He came back. The guy that thought we, he, we thought was, was, was old and was going to get watched by the younger opponent was, was kicking ass. <laughs> He lost on the scorecards, but won in our hearts. For sure. For sure. <laughs> oh, man. I, I, again, Unfortunately, being... that's not what he cared about, right? I mean, he was he was actually uh, emotional after the fight um, because he lost. Uh, I felt I felt for him, man, because uh, I know he fought, his, he, he fought his heart out. And, you know... It's the reason why the 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 predominantly the crowd was 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 booing, right? There was a lot of boos after that. Yeah, because it was that close of a fight. I think if Loma would have lost, you know, uh, more convincingly, I don't think the boos would have been there. I, I was gonna say, I was like, is like half of Ukraine in here? I was like, or are they just blatant, just doing the eye test like Shakur and like myself? But uh, I will have to go look back and. and like for a second, I was like, "Who the hell's Ray Leonard?" And I was like, "Oh, Sugar Ray Leonard." Sugar That's Ray Leonard. all I've heard my whole <laughs> life is Sugar Ray. Um, uh, and now we got a, a new Sugar Shane. I mean, Sugar Sean. Uh, using, Sugar Sean O'Malley yeah. using that name. Did you hear about the whole yes. love about? Let's let's get into a little later. It's it's getting uh it's getting hysterical. I hope uh, you're in Boston, man. Uh, I'm looking at uh. Hotel uh, hotel rooms, maybe we could bunk up. There might be like eight media members in one hotel room. <laughs> Everybody piling in for the fight. Hey, I've done that before. <laughs> it's so, gonna, it's gonna it be fun, man. Get some chowder. Um, but uh, do you, do you know? Do you know? I know you got to know who Robin Black is. You got to know who Robin Black. Oh is. yeah, Robin Black here. <laughs> oh, you guys. Did you, hear, did you hear Dana going at him at the media scrum? Um, um, so I've on only Saturday? heard Robin's response. And Robin's so good at detailing things that I just already know what Dana said. What Dana call him an old rocker, aging rocker right. or something? <laughs> but what the hell was the question? Like, why did Robin come up? Like, oh, because Robin was was talking about fighter. You know, he he was talking about uh, Francis Ngannou signing to PFL and fighter pay, and, okay. and talking about okay. how how the UFC is more interested touchy in, subjects in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Touchy, very touchy when it comes to Dana. Um, you we know, I was listening our, to we some, gotta get some guys. Our, our boy with the beard and the glasses to ask Dana questions. Oh yes, yes, yes. I forgot his name. I always forget his name. <laughs> That's good, right now. That's good. We don't want to get him in trouble. Yeah, we sure need him. <laughs> we sure need him. Uh, Dana, like it's like, oh boy, where is this going? Whenever he gets the mic, I'm sure everybody's like, oh god, where's this going? <laughs> What's coming up next? <laughs> Dana, with all your issues, yes, I brought that up. But I'm going to make a point here. I was like, oh, my God. I was like, you better make a point, my man. Really cool guy. Really cool guy. I'll find nah, out. Nah, he's a cool dude. We'll I like find him. out he's if he's still alive cool. in Boston. No, just... 
Um, now, is there something to it that even if the fight is in favor of Loma, uh, one twenty-four to one ten, I, I believe those are the numbers you. No, said no, that the... wasn't the score. That wasn't the scorecards. The scorecards were one sixteen, oh, one twelve. What was the? Uh, there was something you said. That was the punch punches. stats. I was saying the punch stats. You so know, that was. Say the punch stats are in the favor that was a total of Loma. Punch stats. Say the pressure, the eye tests are in favor of Loma. Is there something to it that that twenty nine and uh, zero going into the fight is just kind of a uh, in favor of the Haney camp? You know what I mean? Like I'm like I said, I'm learning the boxing, and it, it's it's a hard thing to see Ryan Garcia to lose that O. His O's got to go. Devin Haney keeps his intact. Is there something to that heading into the fight to build the undefeated record? Well, I don't think it was. This was the, the toughest test that Haney could have could have uh, uh, taken anyway. And he and he actually beat an undefeated fighter in Gambosos, not once but twice. I mean, when he went to Australia, oh, you know what I'm saying? Good call. Good so call. Haney, That's Haney, true. um, 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 fighting Loma was, as you can see, it was was he was taking on a lot. He didn't think of, he didn't think he was, and a lot of people didn't think he was. But Loma had something up his sleeve. Uh, Loma, you know, um, was is probably the not probably he is the most achieved fighter he's ever faced. So, um, you know, two time gold medalist, I think three time world champ, you know, fastest to do it. Also, world uh, world champ in his second. No, in his third fight against Gary Russell. Uh, you know, you're talking about a guy who's who's uh, beaten. I mean, he's made guy guys quit on the way up. And I think once hitting lightweight which was his ceiling, we saw a chink in his armor. We saw him get knocked down against Linares, you know what I'm saying, and stop him. We saw him with a tough tight, tough fight against Luke Campbell. Um, so uh, he's had, you know, he's fighting bigger guys. They're talking about he's getting old. No, he's he's challenging himself against much bigger fighters. Yeah, even I didn't De- know that. Even I Devin Haney, was, much bigger fighter, I right? I thought this was the weight so, class he was always in. I didn't know that. No, 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 definitely not. <laughs> You know what I'm saying? Um, yeah, no, 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 definitely not. Um, like I said, man, he, I watched the whole post fight. I, I don't. Uh, I'm learning more, getting more scoops of ice cream, of boxing. Like I was like, damn. I go, he was what was 130, was, or was it 120? 135. 135. But he started at 130. Oh no, he started. No, he didn't start. He started at one 126. And he could probably make that. Still. Mm-hmm. But nah, he's not going back down. Maybe to one thirty, but not not to one twenty six. The money fights are at one thirty five. So again, we're being joined by boxing expert, New York's own Francisco Guzman. Dude is trained, speaks extremely well, extremely knowledgeable about the squared circle sport known as boxing. Francisco, so what's next for Vasily? What's next for Devin? And uh, we probably won't get a rematch. Well, there's a lot. There's a lot there for Devin. Um, Devin um, could, you know, you got Shakur Stevenson, you got Tank Davis, you got Theofimo Lopez at 140, uh, who's who's fighting who's fighting in June. Um, I think it's June. Uh, I believe you're so, correct. Yeah. So um, I I just there's a lot for for Devin to take right now. Maybe he should have a you know, 
a, a, a warm-up fight before fighting any of these guys or whatever. Um, and you know how tough it is. We just got what got news yet last night that supposedly uh, Terrence Crawford and and, uh, and Errol Spence are going to face each other. So, you know, let's see if this keeps going, if we keep getting the best fighting the best. I mean, this is what boxing needs, you know? What did I say, man? I think boxing is taking over MMA. The fights are being made. We're it's gonna happen in five years in Ghana versus John Jones. You know, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, boxing taking over? I don't know about that. Um, I was just listening to uh, Luke Thomas today about talking about the stats about how the the uh, he was talking about he was he was naming num he was talking about the revenue that the UFC is bringing in the uh and it was it was ridiculous like like these guys is the reason why the PFL and you know uh what is it PFL and um uh Bellator and, and Bellator Bellator I can't even get it but Bellator and PFL are they they're not bringing in they're not getting any any anything on the back end you know what I'm saying not like the UFC is by far. What does that mean? By far. What does that mean? Yeah, like that. Uh, what does that mean? Like the UFC, the UFC's bending over and somebody's putting dollars on them. Like, what does that mean on the back end? No, the UFC. What I'm saying is that <laughs> their their revenue, what they what they're getting after cost, is ridiculous. You know what I'm saying? They, they I think they're up to like 300 million this year so far. Damn. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Okay. And that's so, that's and and, and the PFL the and Bellator are not even bringing in. They're not even getting those numbers. They're not even benefiting in those numbers. So then, why is Dana even engaging with Robin Black? I'm telling you, it's like he. Somebody said that this great uh, saying because, about him. Because he's, I think that has a you know, long he's memory the big dog. and a short temper. Yeah. So that he's the big dog. You know, he's he's you know he can he's gonna talk. You know, he's gonna he's gonna he's gonna say what he feels. You understand what I'm saying? I mean, even though he said he did like the guy from the PFL, right? Um, but then in another breath, he said he had to lay a little insult in there. So, yeah. Do you believe in some future alternative universe that we will have a – and I'm not saying PFL versus Bellator. I'm not saying Bellator versus One or Ryzen uh, or Risen. Um, I'm talking about one of those leagues facing a UFC league – a welterweight versus welterweight champion, a light heavyweight versus light heavyweight, bantamweight versus bantamweight champion on a pay-per-view event New Year's Eve. Do you believe that will ever happen, a crossover event? Or is Dana White just so advanced, so far ahead of the promoting game that he won't he won't let that happen? He'll buy out a Risen, a One, a Bellator before it becomes uh, on par with the UFC. That's the point, is that if he doesn't need to, they care about the money. Even if the fight, even if people want to see the fights, UFC cares about their revenue. What what are they getting on the back end? And if it doesn't make sense to them, they won't do it. I mean, the only reason I believe that you know Conor McGregor was able to fight Floyd Mayweather was because there was a lot, a lot of money. Um, that month, that that they they made it, I think, close to what they um, Floyd made close to what he would have made when he fought Pacquiao, right? So. Um, it it was the only reason why it happened. And when you saw what happened, right? As soon as that fight got made, 
Dana White just walked away. He did no promotion for the fight. He 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 pretty much got his money and walked away. You know, R- rumor has it that he got about, or the UFC and I'm sure Dana White as well uh, got seventy percent of Connor's ninety nine million. So I mean, though Connor's happy walking away with twenty five to thirty million, Floyd north of two hundred, he's seeing a lot more than Connor for that fight. Oh, yeah, for sure, for sure, because Connor had to give some of his purse away, right? Um, and it's like I said, it was the only reason why the fight got made was because, you know, uh, Connor, if Connor would never, if would have said, no, I'm, I'm pocketing this money and I'm, you know, it's for me, you know, like he, if he was just trying to keep the money for himself, I don't think they would have let him fight. Not this, at all. The same way I, I text you that, man, Combat sports, I wish it was free on a CBS, a Fox, a NBC, a ESPN. If they did a McGregor-Diaz 2, the $1.6 million. Uh, put Conor versus Khabib, the $2.4 million. Uh, put Francis Ngannou versus John Jones. You're getting 15, 20. I swear it's going to pass in NBA playoff game and ratings, whether that's 15 mil. Does it get to the 30, 40, 50 mil that the NFL does during the playoffs and the Super Bowl? Maybe not. Maybe in time. Maybe if you you keep delivering it, I, I believe doesn't the Super Bowl charge like one to four million dollars for thirty seconds? I know the UFC is like no, but we actually get the money the next week with the pay per views. I know it's uh, eating it on the front end and eventually getting it on the back end to steal your words. <laughs> um, but I think the same thing could have been said with McGregor Promotions. You saw it on the canvas versus Floyd Mayweather. If McGregor just said, no, I'm going to take you to court. I'm way more valuable. I don't care if you sue me for $10 million. I'm going to make so much more if I do McGregor versus Floyd, McGregor versus Paulie Malignaggi versus Manny Pacquiao versus uh, Nate Diaz 3. If he did it all under a McGregor promotions, like I just think people don't see the, the forest from the trees or have enough foresight or just – don't believe in themselves enough as crazy that is. I, I think you got to rip away the shackles from the corporate structure. And uh, it's just, I, I'm proud of Francis Ngannou. Maybe he shakes up something for the long term. Uh, I believe uh, he's obviously got many steps to go that he could be this generation's Muhammad Ali. Uh, he carries himself so humble. And I say this all the time that Francis Ngannou in public is so humble. Connor's this brash idiot. But behind the scenes, Dana and Connor slapping fives, playing video games, driving together. Behind the scenes, I think Francis Ngannou looks through the eyes of Dana White like a man, and he demands what his worth is. And Dana White gets shook and shaken by that. He wants him to kowtow and bow down to him like Connor slapping five and hanging out. I think Francis Ngannou could do something really special. He just has to not lose. You're right. Um, you know, that's that's the point that I'm trying to say is that Conor McGregor, first of all, we got to point out that Dana White is, I think he's half Irish. He's a, he has an Irish background. <laughs> he's from so Boston. That could that could that could uh, be a reason why he's got this great affiliation with Conor McGregor. <coughs> um, also, O'Malley. Conor McGregor, Conor McGregor helped the UFC than any other fighter. You understand? 
um, he was able to, even with the controversy and everything. I mean, what fighter got away with the things that Connor got away with and Dana did not say a goddamn thing? You understand what I'm saying? Yes, yes. You know, well all said. the yo, you know, everybody gets it. When something happens, everybody gets it. John Jones got it, you know, and Gano got it. I mean, you know, Tito Ortiz got it. Like, he's gone into it with everybody. Every big fighter that he's had, he's gotten into some ish with. You understand what I'm saying? Um, and I'm saying ish because I'm trying not to curse. <laughs> but, you know, uh, and that's the thing is, is what I was trying to say before is, is that UFC profits are so great. You understand? That by far, you know, these organizations like PFL and Bellator don't bring up, don't, don't get any profits compared to what the UFC is getting. You know what I'm saying? So, and I heard they're getting no profits, that they lose, they're actually losing on the back end. You understand? So when you look at an organization like the UFC, that is King Kong, is the elephant in the room, they're gonna they're gonna just say and do what they, they I mean, we know that that they're growing in numbers. I think the numbers before before um uh before the COVID, before we had the lockdown, was 177 million pro in profits, right? During the COVID, wow. during the lockdown, they went up to 200 million in profits, right? And I'm talking about after expenses, after everything. Um, in I think this year, I think it was Luke Thomas that said it earlier today, um, because he was reading the numbers. I believe it was up to 300 million. So you're talking about these other organizations that are not bringing in those numbers, right? And the UFC is bringing 300 million and, and, and growing and growing. You understand what I'm saying? And that's the problem. And you know what he said that, that really was interesting? He said that these guys are not going to be able to touch the UFC at all. What's going to change things is if there is, is government, is, is Congress, is the, the Muhammad Ali Act, just like Ooh. it did in boxing. That will stir things up. And since the UFC doesn't have that, they could do what they want. They don't have to pay you if they don't, you know what I'm saying? They don't give a sh They don't. Um, and we know that there's, there's not just one fighter complaining about fighter pay, but a lot of fighters. Even Al Jermaine right now, you know, is having a little bit of a stir. So, um. I don't know what to say, man. I mean, it's. I mean, ho hopefully one day we'll see these fighters, uh, get better pay. Maybe somebody will do something to stir the pot because this, because like I said, the UFC is growing. You understand? They just brought WWE. They're growing in numbers. I mean, that. Good point. Yeah, not just. I don't even know what else to say. <laughs> that, that's why I love you, man. You bring it all, the the knowledge of training, the knowledge of the sport, and then the numbers, man. Uh, the statistics, the analytical side of it, man. Uh, yeah, yeah. If it's not a, a rival league like the PFL or Bellator that can kind of humble the UFC and Dana White, it would probably be the government. Like, And, and as much as Dana White wanted to get the – the UFC going again in April, I believe, when the pandemic started and he was looking at uh, Native American reservations and ways to get it going, loopholes in the government. E even the Disney guy said, dude, cool your jets because the government was telling Disney and the UFC to calm down. So 
Luke is right in that. You know, he, he hates steroids, which I agree. And he also wants the fighters to get paid, which, of course, we all agree with. Few know about this, and others will start to catch wind. I didn't realize it. And, I again, I, I don't really mind it because you can get the Hamzats who then start making the hundreds of thousands of dollars in their fifth fight. I don't have an issue with it right now, but if you start watering down, and watering down is a strong term or phrase, uh, if you start kind of uh, making it top-heavy, uh, the, the the fight cards where you have uh, Al Jermaine or, or John Jones versus a Francis Ngannou, and then you have everybody underneath making 10 and 10, 5 and 5, 7 and 7, 20 and 20, and you just do that. Because everybody's like, they did this contender series to create this incentive-based environment. And then you get these guys in the UFC who are going to make $10,000 fighting in the Prudential Center, Madison Square Garden. They're going to put on a hell of a fight. And they're literally going to take back like $2,500 for themselves. I mean, that model seems to be happening more and more. And again... If they really want to do it and they win five in a row, all of a sudden they are the Hamzat. They are the Patty Pimlet. So I understand what Dana White says, uh, incentive-based, kind of make it like a jail yard mentality. You know, everybody's out for everybody. Uh, don't trust anybody. Kind of like build, climb off this guy's back. If you want to win, the, you see the clip of uh, the Ultimate Fighter 1, and now that the Ultimate Fighter is coming back, I, I want to ask you about that. Michael Chandler, Conor McGregor. But with the Ultimate Fighter coming back, the first clip now gets recycled where the guys didn't want to fight each other. They're like, wait, what? We're all friends living in a house. Now we got to fight each other. He goes, if you want to be a fighter, you're going to fight. I understand that mentality. What I don't understand is why the fighters aren't getting finished bonuses. You know, you want more exciting fight. I think that's the point of Dana White. He says, no, we can't. We can give the show bonus, never the win bonus. Okay, I get it. Give them a finish bonus. Make the incentive to make the cards faster. This should be like minus money if there's decisions, and you give them a finish bonus if there's a finish. Do you agree with that? Oh, for sure, for sure. I mean, if you if you're saying that fighters should should earn their pay, right? Um, then then yeah, give them what they they fought their their hearts out. You understand what I'm saying? And when you you do see fighter pay, you go really, you know. Because you know that fighters have to pay taxes, fighters have to pay trainers, fighters have to pay gym fees, fighters have to pay so much on the back end, food, et cetera, et cetera, right? And the more they bring in to to, to get conditioned for these fights, um, the more they have to pay. You understand? So, uh, yeah, you know, a guy walks away with $50,000. He's not walking around with $50,000. You know what I'm saying? We know this. Uh, you know, those that know. Um, so the point is, my thing is that why build yourself a reputation around a brand like that, right? Why why continually, you know, uh, when when the fighter pay is brought up, you know, you lash out, you call people names, you say all this stuff, um, and all the writers and all the people that are there, that all the media knows what's going on. We we if everybody could agree that fighters are not getting paid enough. That is, you know, and and then you look at boxing, right? Where, where actually the UFC is making, making more money than any boxing organization right now, period. Okay? Wow. So, and these guys are paying them millions of dollars to fight, right? 
So you're telling me that UFC UFC can't pay their fighters more, man? Come on, they can. They're making a lot of money. You understand what I'm saying? But they they for some for whatever reason they feel like no, you know, we're not as long as they're not forced to do it. You know, I mean, you just keep bringing all the pot to yourself, and you know, don't worry about it, man. You know, I'm gonna give you, I'm gonna give you some, some, some stuff so you can keep fighting, and and because guys are hungry, guys want to make money. So what other, what other organization can they go to? They can't go to boxing. They've been devoting themselves to martial arts for so long. Um, they can't do that. They can't go to another. They go to an organization like PFL. If you look at it, most fighters that do that are fighters that are that are pretty much at the end of their careers, right? They, they're looking for a way to keep their careers going. So they go to the PFL, they go to the, they go to Bellator, they go to one championship. I mean, the mistake they made was with Demetrius Johnson going over there. Demetrius Johnson just proved he was a greater fighter. You understand what I'm saying? By making history over there, right? But but that's what I'm talking about. These more fighters, honestly, um, would I think that that reputation may cost the UFC may down the line you know what i'm saying because if if an organ imagine if another organization comes through and is able to compete with the ufc that would make things a lot interesting an organization that would try to make things right i'm just saying but for right now there's they you know it's like king kong versus bambi <laughs> they there's nobody that can <laughs> you can't you can't beat the elephant in the room you know Right now, it's King Kong, you versus Bambi, me when it comes to boxing knowledge. Uh, again, Francisco Guzman, a boxeo mundial and MMA mundial. I, I do appreciate our conversations. Man, almost 45 minutes have just flown by. Unbelievable, man. Always great <laughs> talking with you. I got about five more minutes here before I got to jump on a different pod. But cool. my man... Your thoughts with Crawford Spence? Is this real? Is this fake? Is it? Is it April first? What the hell's going on? Is this going to happen? And what are your thoughts on April the fight? April first, April Fool's Day. No, um, I'm hearing that it's a, the fight is made. I think July 26 is the fight. Um, was it July 26? The, the fight check. date. But what are your thoughts on it? I'll double check. Don't worry. Anyway, I, I, we have to talk that about that some other time. But um, my thoughts, my thoughts. Uh, it just shows you where boxing is. You know, we we were clamoring. We're clamoring for the biggest fights. We're waiting for the biggest fights to be made. It's it remind. I think you know we got to go back to to Manny Pacquiao and Floyd Mayweather. You know, I mean it was it was going on for years and years. And when it was finally announced, nobody believed it. Right? Um, I it's the same the same ideology in this with with Crawford and Spence. You know, um, but both guys say they want to fight each other. It's Ring Magazine put it out. ESPN put it out. I think this might be solid. Uh, it's it's the biggest fight. The I you know, and I'm not even gonna say the biggest. I'm gonna say it's the most competitive fight there is in boxing right now, because both guys are pretty much in the same age. You know, 32, 34 around there, uh, and uh, you know, you're talking about the best two best welterweights in the game. Pumped! I am two pumped. best. Big fan of it's, Crawford. Uh, I've always always give Crawford credit for being the switch stance boxer and just doing it phenomenally knocking out people power oh uh oh I'm gonna what's no 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 I'm gonna tell you this right going back I was never really huge on Crawford I mean I thought he was good but I was maybe a bit overrated right but 
he he through in time he changed my mind you know what i'm saying i mean even though i don't think at welterweight he's had the he's fought the the, the fighters that errol spence is for because errol spence has pretty much always been a welterweight you know um but crawford crawford on the way up you know was beating guys but when he got to welterweight i said uh i think this is a mistake you know spence is a big guy He's strong. He's southpaw. He, he punches really hard. You know, they call him the, the truth, right? Um, but uh, I'm going to tell you something. Crawford, even though he's he hasn't he's had a few fights at welterweight, he's knocked them all out for one. Um, and I think what really solidified it for me was his fight against um, Sean Porter, him stopping Sean Porter, even though his dad jumped in the ring and stopped it, maybe a, a little prematurely, but he didn't knock him down once. He knocked him down twice, and it looked like he was about to knock him down three times before his father stepped in. And I think that's why his father stepped in, because when he dropped him the first time and he got up and he put him down again, I think his father knew that a third one was coming and it could have been worse. And I think that's why his father jumped into the ring not because he couldn't stop him. So I got to say, uh, he, he actually, you know, he actually as a fighter, he got, he got my, my attention. Amazing. And I hope you're getting enough attention, enough coverage. Francisco Guzman, I'm going to make you a fake Twitter, steal your Instagram info and profile man you gotta get on twitter i'm promoting actually, this actually i'm gonna i'm gonna get on twitter just because of you bro because yes, i keep hearing it yes my <laughs> man francisco for sure love you brother always appreciate the yeah, time yeah man you too bro and let's talk soon man we're gonna have to do a three-hour right, podcast definitely later brother all right bro Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.